on this episode of AV Week, a brand new Microsoft Surface, the Surface Hub 2, hacking voice control and reimagining AV in the retail space. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 351, recorded Friday, May 18th, 2018. IKEA AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vadio, a leading manufacturer of professional PTZ cameras, Pro AV solutions, and UCC integration systems. And by Utelogy. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With me to discuss the news and information that we have gathered this week. First and foremost, her name is Corey Schaefer, and she comes to us from QSC. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, ma'am. Anytime. Uh, Also with us uh, is my buddy and pal from the southern state of Texas. His name is Sean Robinson, and he comes to us by way of AMX by Harman, a Samsung company. There you go. Did I get that correct? You did. I'm not going to get a letter? Nope, you're good. All right. Uh, Also with us, uh, a gentleman, actually, I've spent an awful lot of time with in the last couple of months, uh, more so than usual. Uh, I'm not complaining, David. (laughs) Uh, David Maldo, David is is from a a website called Let's Do Video, uh, and he and I join um, David Danto a lot on his program, which we've done an awful lot of those. So welcome, sir. Yeah, always fun to hang out with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. So, so here's what we're gonna do. Um, first story on on the docket here, and, and actually, David, I'm I'm gonna start with you uh, simply because David focuses a lot on on UC. Story came out this week, and God love Microsoft. Uh, the the we're using a story from The Verge, Microsoft Surface Hub Two is here. Now, those of you who remember when we've been going to Infocom for quite a few years. Four years ago, the uh, Infocom was in Vegas, and there was a lot of hoo-ha made about the fact that Microsoft was coming to Infocom. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. We've made it as an industry. Somewhat editorializing here, I apologize. They were coming, they had a booth, absolutely. And about two or three weeks beforehand, there was rumblings that, oh, they may not be coming. And what turned out to be a very large showing of the World Cup in what would have been in what technically was Microsoft's booth. What had happened was they were, sh- they were supposed to be showing the, the Surface Hub, the original one. Fast forward to ISE, the, the following year they actually did show it. Huge success. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of integrators got on board. Um, weird little distribution uh, issues uh, out of the gate, but still, there was some folks had, that had get, gotten, on, gotten on board and started putting it in systems. Now we have the two. The link that we're going to show you, I will admit, is very slick. It has some features that look very slick. I am jaded enough, though, <laughs> that I want to see this in a real office, really doing the things that it does, including the 180-degree, 360-degree tilt-a-whirl where the video tracks the location of the, um, the display. If you're not familiar with that, take your, your, your smartphone out 
and play a video and and twist it and turn it and the video will yes just like Corey's doing it now twisting and turning it around that's what this display does in the promo video again i am jaded enough i want to see this in the, in the real world david first question for you again i, I referenced the four years ago is it time i guess for for a second generation of this and do the the feature set that they're kind of uh, putting out there does this make sense for you know for them to come out with with these new features at this time oh, I, <laughs> I don't i don't know I, I have all these sarcastic uh uh go you with know, it, brother go just go with it when, when you asked if it's ready for the second generation the uh, obnoxious little devil on my shoulder said no ready for the first generation <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I didn't like the first one. Um, I thought there was an, and maybe it was an awkwardness with the way they sold it. it. It did two things. If you pretend there's one here, and I'm sorry, the cats might, might start meowing. Um, you can use it as a regular meeting system where you all face and have a meeting, or you could stand up and do a presentation on it. They tried to demo it as doing both at the same time, and it had a weird camera angle of the presenter. You don't stand up and present to remote people. Do one or the other. So that being said, I didn't love the first one. Um, the second one, yeah, of course it makes sense, right? Because we all want to go into a meeting room and have a big, beautiful s screen and do our stuff on it. And my stuff is all on Windows. So I want that beautiful screen to work well with Windows. And if the beautiful screen is made by Microsoft, <laughs> it's going to work with well with Windows and I could do my stuff. So of course, it's a no-brainer. Everyone's going to buy t uh, a million of these. But, however... Um, you know, it still has to be the workflow we want ourselves to make sense. Now that rotation thing, it's, uh, I have a positive and I have a negative on it. On the positive, I guarantee you when we go to Infocom and they show this at the booth and their demo person who's very trained in this does a rotation and it looked really slick and it doesn't bobble and move like your phone sometimes does, it smoothly does it, everyone's going to go, ooh, that's so cool. I mean, that is demo gold. but. 95% of people who own these, assuming they do get them out there, are never going to move it from the portrait. The 5% that do use it for, for portrait mode, never move it from landscape. Maybe the architects or whatever, they'll keep it there. You know, 0.0001% are going to have a presentation where they need to move it in the middle of a presentation. Okay, I'm just sorry no one does that. But it looks good in a demo. So... I don't know if I answered any of your questions. Yes, we need a, 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 wind, a great Windows screen. I don't know if this is it. We'll see. All right. Corey, uh, David mentioned the, 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 uh, tr the transport between landscape and, and, and portrait mode. In the link that we're using, again, we're using the Verge's uh, story for this. They actually have a video that has several of them put together very slickly, right? Yeah. Very much a digital signage look, uh, you know. But you know, it, it, when it comes to the presentations, and I, 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 is David right where maybe this is just demo speak and, and demo video doing it, you know, going from landscape to portrait where you ne wouldn't necessarily want to do that in a, an actual presentation. Um, but you know, is Microsoft you know, kind of going down the right road here with this next generation product? So I don't know whether they're going down the right road or not, but I feel like everybody needs a bit of a, uh, we all get a mulligan, right? So um, they've, I'm sure that they've learned a great deal from uh, the first introduction. And so uh, we're gonna see a lot of improvements and a lot of input that customers have given them on the hub too. I would agree with David that in a, in a presentation, you're not worried about rotating it like that. But to your point, 
when you actually do an install with it, you need the different mounting options. I mean, uh, and, and the fact that they are giving significant thought to that, I actually think is really important. I mean, uh, on our side, in, in our company, we give, we give as much thought to how we mount a loudspeaker as to the loudspeaker itself because I, uh, it's very critical, I think, for the install. Um, I thought it was interesting in that article that they're teaming up with Steelcase on some of the mounting options, because I feel like that was a big miss in the, um, when you looked at what they did uh, in the first hub and the mounting options, you know, how costly they were and, and what options you had. I think uh, Steelcase is really known for, um, you know, true office integration. So I think that's a really great partnership. All right, uh, Mr. Robinson, a uh, couple questions here and then I'll let you editorialize as much as you want about this. Corey mentioned the fact of, of, of it being significant that they gave thought to the mounting. Mm -hmm. Anything about where Microsoft sees themselves in, in this industry now? Because she's right, the, the first mounting in the first generation when they first came out, the mounting was expensive, it was clumsy, it was difficult to, to, to deploy. Does that say anything about what they've learned about this industry and, and, and these partners? Yes. Um, you know, historically, uh, Microsoft's not been overly strong on hardware. Um, Xbox is probably one of their biggest or most volume that they ship on hardware, and they had some issues back a long time ago, but they've iterated quite a bit, and they're making some absolutely beautiful hardware now. Um, laptops and a new studio and now, now this new Surface Hub too. That first Surface Hub was probably still when they were still kind of learning hardware. They, they had an idea that they wanted to create, and the first one kind of seemed somewhat cobbled together because it was such a bulky, bulky product, but yet it was still delivering a pretty good touch, actually an excellent touch experience. But I think the product came along, they were paying a little bit less attention to the hardware side to deliver the experience, and then you had this, yeah, huge, bulky thing that you had to put together to mount it. And I mean, and you, the stories that come back from a lot of distributors and dealers on how to get it in the building, right? Cause it wouldn't fit in the elevators. All that. They've heard all of that from their customers. They've listened to their customers, obviously. And they've, they've put all that thinking into the new design. And like Corey was saying, partnering with still a case, it was brilliant, right? So I think it's going to be a very interesting product. It really does depend on what price point they come in at. Um, and I've seen the rumors on price points. If they can hit that, it's it's going to be a very disruptive product. Hey, Sean, um, the, what are the rumors yeah. on price point? Five thousand. Wow. Okay. Yeah. If now again, it, you know how that was with the first Surface Hub too. They waited a really long time. So we'll see if they can hit that. They are manufacturing overseas, from what I hear on this one. So they could might hit that. If they do, that could be very disruptive in the huddle space, actually. But hey, to David's point, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to also say, do you think there's any strategic plan on their part on the video side? So Skype for business, because you see other players like Zoom coming in and just grabbing market share. So this might be the kind of the hidden gem behind it as well, how it could integrate Skype for business and, and grab more video. And let's not forget the, the move that Cisco did here recently, not to, not to fully incorporate UC, but Cisco recently said, okay, let's do away with uh, Spark and let's bring everything in under Teams and so all of these companies. Or, no, not, not under Teams, under uh, WebEx. I'm sorry, WebEx. They want to roll everything under WebEx, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. David, yeah. WebEx Teams, right? WebEx Teams, there's WebEx Teams and WebEx Meetings. Okay. That's They're calling it WebEx Teams, wow. Yeah, so Spark is wow. now yes. WebEx Teams. But not an uppercase E anymore. We finally got rid of the uppercase E, it's okay. WebEx. 
that doesn't matter. <laughs> to me, I'm saying it's Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. you know, the, the whole thing behind the new hub, it's all Teams, Microsoft Teams integration, which is all the work stream software with Skype for Business, Cortana, all that other stuff. It's, it's going to really make it a pretty kick-ass product. Which is actually why I was bringing that in from Corey's comment is because that absolutely is a great play for them if they, if they do it, mm-hmm. Corey. Um, because then you've got an integrated system. You've got all these folks that are already on this platform. And uh, I was at a job site. Good Lord, it was this week. And um, they were a Microsoft house. And we were putting in, uh, I was helping a, a local integrator friend of mine, uh, you know, put in this, this, these two conference rooms. And the, the user, the, the actual client, just came in, typed in their credentials, and up was, was Teams, was Microsoft Teams. And we were doing a Skype for Business call within about you know you know half an hour of of you know coming on and making sure all the everything was connected, and then we he logged out of that and we went downstairs two floors, and within thirty seconds he was logged in at the exact same system the exact same experience, the exact same experience understand that the exact same experience and I, I think that will be key if they can really tie into that. Mm-hmm. I hope that, I mean, if, if I'm in their shoes, I would just assume that's got to be part of their strategy because, again, I really think on the video side for Skype for Business that they're, um, they're, uh, they've got some formidable competitors there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and to follow up on, on what Corey said, absolutely, it, it's got to be, if they're, if they're paying any attention to what's going on in the market, it has to be a big part of their marketing strategy. If you look at Zoom and BlueJeans and, and other cloud vendors, they're very hot on their RoomKit solutions. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what their marketing people want to talk about. That's what they're on their websites. And you think, you know, why is that a big deal? They're selling licenses. They don't care whose camera. They don't, they don't care whose microphone you use. Why are they pushing these kits of other people's products? And I think it's because of sales. If I'm a salesperson and I walk into an enterprise and they say, I want you to buy 10,000 BlueJean licenses, Zoom licenses, Skype licenses, What's a Skype license do for me? Well, your user uses it for video conferencing and let me talk about it or let me show you it on my phone or, or something. That's a hard sale. It's another thing to walk in and say, check out this kit. We open the box, boop-a-doop-a-doop, plug it in, bam, your call's up, you press one button, it's connected to your calendar, your users are gonna love it. And they say, oh, okay, I'll buy 10 of those. Oh, you also need 10,000 licenses for all your users. <laughs> I think it's a, it's, it's a sales, it's a, it's a real thing, but it's a sales gimmick. It's easier to show something. and. If these boards, if these, I'm looking behind me as if there is one, if these new, um, the new hubs are hot and people love them, what a great way to sell my, uh, Microsoft Teams or yeah. Skype or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on to something a little more scary uh, than, than, than hub. Um, this comes to us from the dailymail.co.uk, but honestly, you could probably search this term and uh, find numerous articles. Quote, unquote, a new study comes out that says hackers can control Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant using secret commands inaudible to the human ear. Now, I'm going to start with Mr. Robinson here, not because I'm, I'm picking on him, but AMX and, and Harman have products that integrate with Watson. I want to, I want to mm-hmm. they, they integrate with Watson. Uh, there are some other... Um, speakers that Harman makes that can do Alexa as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC can, can integrate with, with Alexa. What does this do to, to the burgeoning voice control market, not just in, in residential? We can talk about that, but this is not the show for that. What does it do for the commercial? Because six months ago, we're taping this in, in May, six months ago, 
Amazon came out with a report and a blog that said, hey, we're in business now, right? They were in several um, financial institutions, made a big deal. They were working uh, with these companies to deploy Alexa, deploy the Echo across the, the enterprise. And in addition to what traditional audiovisual manufacturers were doing in the, in the corporate space. Now you get something like this that seems to be a little chilling. So Sean, from, from your standpoint, either as a, as a user or a manufacturer, what does a report like that do as you're going out and, and trying to, to sell these solutions? Um, it's, it's extremely concerning because, you know, a lot of the installations we do are in the corporate and government space and, you know, the, the, going into voice in, uh, in, in these uh, installed markets, a lot of the things we've heard, I mean, privacy is still a very a big concern, when you, especially in the boardrooms and things like that, right? So that's been one issue, but there's ways that you could say, okay, hey, the wake word's here, and you can, this indicator light's always going to come on when this wake word is. So you, But when it gets into um, inaudible sounds becoming a security threat vector, that is uh, very concerning. So I read that article over a week ago in the, in the New York Times, and I was like, wow, I mean, and all the other ways that hackers try to get in over a wired network or even a wireless network, now there's a way that you could come in, you know, uh, over voice. Uh, that's that's concerning. So now, now all those companies, uh, Amazon, Apple, Google, uh, IBM, they have to work on um, security protections for their voice agents in addition to all the other security that goes on. So from a cybersecurity perspective, um, I don't know if you guys uh, noticed this, but it, it referenced it in the Times article. Uh, the South Park episode where South Park was playing a lot of uh, jokes with these. It was really clever. So <laughs> they use some of this, they use some of those inaudible type things to actually put a lot of very disgusting things on your grocery list, let me just say. And uh, it was, yeah. So that was just one example out of a South Park episode, right? So you can imagine the kind of havoc that could play in a commercial environment. So concerning. Concerning, it's yet another cybersecurity uh, threat vector. Hey, Sean, I had a question for you, and it's a little bit of a deviation from the from the voice stuff. But as a, you know, coming from your control background, mm -hmm. wouldn't we not have the same issue with uh, this trend of uh, ultrasonic pairing? Right. So we have ultrasonic pairing with Polycom, yeah. and you know, so we're right. starting. Would this not also be uh, a potential risk? Absolutely. If if the receiver on the ultrasonic pairing is connected in any way to the to the data network, then yes, absolutely. So you got to think about. Well, actually, that's a great point, Corey. So you think about microphone audio running over Dante or AS sixty seven. You know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So when I read it, I kind of thought, you know, we're not really seeing so much uh, voice activation yet in the corporate government space. I mean, it, it's of interest, etc. But we are seeing this ultra pairing. So what you know. Yeah, you'd have to be able to take whatever signal that comes in over that audio path and it has to do something on that data network. It, it would be extremely complex, but again, the way they're doing this is in the Berkeley lab, right? So they have some brainiacs doing this stuff. So, yeah, interesting. Sure. All right, uh, Mr. Maldo, we'll let you weigh on this. How big of a deal is this for, for, this, uh, for this market? Yeah, I think it could be a problem. Yeah, and one, one thing that made me think about it, at first I'm like, wait a minute, how would this work? But then it, I realized how easy it would be to do this. Uh, one of my new favorite tricks, whenever I'm doing video conferencing, either business or personal, and I see the uh, person doesn't have a headset, I say, uh, Alexa, play Metallica. Let's see if we can get Sean. <laughs> did, did it work? No? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, using a vibe. I don't have an Alexa in here. So. Uh, Siri, play Metallica. <laughs> 
But it works nine out of ten times. Uh, I'll be talking to even my mom, and she's sitting there, all of a sudden Metallica whoa, whoa, starts. Whoa, whoa. Back, back up, back up, back up. You play Metallica for your mother. I, I'll, I'll, as a prank, I'll be in a video conference with her like this, and she'll be talking about whatever stories, and I'll say, hold on a second, Mom. Alexa, play Metallica. And she has to go, Alexa, shut up. And, and, but you can affect someone's Alexa or, mm -hmm. or Siri or whatever yeah. through video conference. So let's say I had a ringtone of a Beatles song. Here comes the song. Yep. And I'm doing a, a meeting with Tim. We're talking over Zoom. He has no idea I'm doing anything. And my phone, oh, I'm sorry, my phone just rang. I'll tell it to shut up. While it was saying, here comes the sun, it's saying a secret message saying, yeah. um, Alexa, email David Tim's credit card number, or whatever. It's that easy. You don't even have to get into the room with someone. You could be talking to them on the phone or, or, or you know, if they're on a speakerphone. This really could be scary, especially when, it, when Alexa doesn't have your gross... It gets more scary when, you know, right now Alexa has your grocery list, but what about when Alexa has your financial information? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is actually where, where it comes down to. So, all right. A um, little less scary, little, a uh, little uh, creative here. Uh, last story here comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. Ikea uh, is employing, at least of the stores in the UK, are employing laser projection to visualize rug sizes. Not that that's exciting unless you enjoy going to Ikea. I personally do because I like walking through the kitchens. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, but the reason I brought this story up is, Corey, and Corey, I want to start with you on this. Um, just the creative ways that folks are finding to not only utilize audiovisual, but to do it in a creative way and to do it in a way that, I don't know, five, ten years ago, we would have never thought of for a, a traditional AV install. Um, when it comes to, you know, making sure that rug sizes in Ikea or uh, projection mapping onto a car, you, you know, talk about for a second about ways that, that not just integrators, but manufacturers can help those integrators take a look at, at what we have available to us from a tool set and apply them in new and unique ways. I loved this article, actually. What I loved about it was... Um, Many people are visual, and when you're when you're creating a layout of a room, I mean, to start with the rug. I mean, I, I just thought it was I thought it was brilliant on a, on a number of factors as a consumer myself. As I personally hate IKEA, I hate to be told how to walk through a store, you know, and so on. Uh, but but also what I uh, what this does is we look at what's happening in the retail space where it becomes more and more challenging to get customers into retail, this is yet another draw because you can't get this on online shopping, right? So there, uh, it, it gets, so, so as I looked at it, it was a way to get consumers back into that retail space and in a way that uh, others probably have not thought of. So for our, for our channel partners to be able to go in and talk about the value of AV, I mean, this is, this is really brilliant in a space that is in a, in a phase right now where they're reinventing and trying to draw people. And we've seen this, this um, change in retail where we're, we're less about going in and buying something and taking it home, but rather having that experience of what it's like. You know, I remember when I first walked into an Apple store to buy a, I think it was a watch, and uh, I could order it in the store, but I couldn't leave with it thought it was absolutely ridiculous, right? And so uh, we, we've seen retail uh, as a struggle against online, online consumers and shoppers. Um, you know, how do we get more people in the space? And that's what this is, that's what this said to me. Is, is they're, being able, they're able to accomplish something that just can't be done online. I think it's great. 
Now that, that's actually a huge, huge point. Uh, yeah. David, from your standpoint, you know, talk about, you know, some of the unique ways that folks are, are reimagining, I guess, um, the audiovisual space and the UC space. Yeah, I, I also love this. You know, at first it might be easy to kind of say, ah, this isn't this. I've been to Ikea, they have one big rug and they have colored lines showing what the smaller rugs are and that shows the same thing, so who needs this? But then I thought about it and take what I said before about how the, the new Microsoft Hub rotates and maybe no one's going to use that, but it's this ooh moment, this ah moment, this demo moment. They're going to have this ooh ah demo moment a million times a day in every store. Anytime someone's using it, everyone who also walks by go, ooh, what's that? That's cool. I just had fun in Ikea. How did that happen? Um, is it necessary to serve the purpose of letting people know what size rugs? No. Is it a great use of, of AV to, 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 to make a company look and feel cool? Absolutely. I want, I want more of this. All right. Mr. Robinson, we'll, we'll leave you on, we'll let you be the last word on this. You know, again, you know, um, you and Corey both manufacture some pretty great products. Talk about, you know, ways that folks can, can take your products and, and maybe take them outside of the norm. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, very similar to what Corey was talking about. Um, Audiovisual systems add a lot of value into the, uh, the retail segment. And, and we see exactly the same problem, the, the struggles that malls and stores are having drawing people in. And so it's all about these immersive experiences. And um, this is an excellent example of the partnership with NEC to deliver that. It's almost like I, when I saw it, I almost thought a little bit augmented reality in a way where it's like, you know, it's not a real rug, but it's projecting a rug. Hmm. Um, it allows you to get a feel for what it would be in your own home. Um, that's a reason to go to the store than just go and pick it and click it online. Right. So um, I think it's great. And, you know, lighting, uh, sound, music, uh, there's lots of different ways you can, and sensors, there's lots of ways you can bring that together and deliver those immersive experiences, which again are drawing people into, into the stores, which is all about, um, is, 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 it's key because there's tremendous capital investment that these, these companies have made in that real estate. So getting people in and then measuring how they are actually um, uh, moving about the store, where their dwell times are, so they have that feedback in for return on investment and for tweaking their experiences. Those are very key areas that a lot of audiovisual manufacturers uh, are working on right now with the retail segment. So it's really neat. Really neat to see NEC and IKEA do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, that is going to do it for us. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, first and foremost, Ms. Corey Schaefer uh, from QSC. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, how do people find you? Corey.Schaefer at QSC.com, or you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Corey Schaefer, C O R Y. All right, very good. Mr. Sean Robinson from AMX by Harman, a Samsung company. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be a part of it, Tim. And how do people find you? Uh, Sean.Robinson at Harman.com or Sean Robinson on LinkedIn. And it's Sean with a U. Sean with a U as opposed to a W or something. Or, yeah, or come out see us at Infocom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what is your, your booth number? Do you know? Oh, I can't remember the booth number. Sorry. But it's <laughs> right there in the front. What a halls. I don't know. Don't tell me when I get there. <laughs> wow. My marketing, guys, my marketing guys are going to kill me now. <laughs> I, want to, I want to drop in ours. So QSC is actually in the North Hall this year. So N634. Uh, so you'll see us near the Cisco booth. All right. Very good. Sean, you, you guys are in the Central Hall, just in case you're wondering. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> I'll be packing up my stuff now. Appreciate that. I might not be at Infocom. You might. Jeez. All right. <laughs> How do people find you? 
Uh, you can find me at letsdovideo.com or on Twitter at Let's Do Video, and I'll be at Infocom uh, roaming. Roaming. He'll be, he'll be looking at Sean in his booth. All right. Yeah. There you uh, go. My name is Tim Albright. Don't uh, follow me. Uh, but go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, including a boatload of preview interviews uh, of Infocom 2018. Actually, by the time we, we post this show, uh, which will be Monday, May 21st, it will be two weeks out from Infocom, uh, where we will be heading uh, to Vegas also. Uh, so you can come by and see us. Uh, if you're going to the show, come by and, and enjoy a, a drink. Thanks to our friends over at Staring Marketing. Uh, Wednesday, the 4th through the 6th, uh, the 4th through the 6th, no, Wednesday the 6th from 4 to 6 p.m., see if I can say that right, uh, is the annual uh, Aviation tweet up. Come by and grab a drink and trade cards with these three fine folks and some other folks as well. Uh, so all that and more uh, at avnation.tv. Also, while you're there, please check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us uh, financially, help us bring you AV Week and coverage of Infocom 2018. So all that at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Oh,